Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer, the podcast edition. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this nice Sunday afternoon as we kick off another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm glad to be here with all of you today. I know it's been a couple weeks since I've spoken to you, but I assure you, I am out there. I actually um, have been focused a little bit more on my vlog with YouTube and my channel, which is conveniently named Just Talk With Joe Meyer as well. So you can go out there and find me. And you and even on um, the podcast here, I did um, update my link so you can click on it and be able to see um, you know, my YouTube page as well if you want to check me out, right? Um, Good to have everyone with us, right? And uh, thank you again for for spending your time with me. Um, Just to start off, I'm going to start off with our traditional song, just to kick off our, and I also have another one. This one is probably quite familiar with many of you because it's been around quite some time. It's actually been around since, I think, early 2000s, but it is one of the most incredible groups that you can think of. I've seen them in concert many years ago, but I think you'll enjoy it. So um, let's kick it off, shall we? And as if you didn't know, that's Bon Jovi, right? <laughs> and it's my life. And he is an incredible artist. Obviously, he's been around since the 80s. And I've seen him in concert one time in the early to uh, mid-2000s. Um, I think it was It's My Life Tour. I, I forget which one it was. I have a t-shirt somewhere. <laughs> Um, but it was a, a time when I was single. Um, me and my sister went. We also got to see um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, George Michael, Shania Twain, uh, to name a few. I forget. There's probably some other ones in there. Um, we, we used to go to what's called the... Um, 
Jingle Ball, which is was by Kiss FM and here in Los Angeles. We used to see a variety of artists. So we used to go to concerts regularly and it was fun, right? Um, I don't I haven't been to a concert in such a long time. I, I with COVID and everything, I, I mean I don't know. Um, my sister just went to a concert last weekend. Um, I don't know what concert she went to, but she went to a concert. She said, so things are getting into the swing of things again. I'm not saying that it's not safe to go see a concert, um, but it's important to to be safe and be aware that COVID is not over. It still exists out there today. People may be carrying it and exposing other people intentionally or unintentionally, but you know, um, things that we have to think about when we go to a place like, like that. But, you know, it's okay. I mean, I, I don't expect people just to live in fear, right? I certainly don't want to live like that. Um, going out in public, I know COVID is a real thing and I even got it, you know, back in January of this year. So I understand it's real. It's real. I'll never say it's never real and it's there's no threat because I'm sure people are getting sick and some people are even dying still. Um, I think what we've had over a million people in the United States that have died from COVID. Pretty horrendous, you know. Um, I, I truly believe, and this is my belief system. Some of you may not agree with me. But I believe um, it, it was a weaponized virus that was created to, to do the world harm, right? It wasn't an accident, in my opinion. Um, China wanted to hurt us. They hate the United States. They hate us because of what we stand for every day, right? For our the way we live. And, uh, and there's other countries, obviously, that hate us, like Russia and you know, the parts of the Middle East, Iran, places like that. Um, but in general, we are hated. And I, I have to always remember that, that although I live in the United States, I live in even one of the most democratic states in the country, California, um, we are hated and people will always try to harm us. And I always think about you know, will there be a day where people just bomb the hell out of us? People send a nuke our way. Now, we have nukes ourselves. Obviously, if whoever tries to attempt to do that, they're going to get the hell bombed out of them by our nukes. And um, and they won't, hopefully, they won't even exist as a country anymore. But hopefully, it never comes to that. Because we don't need a nuclear war here, do we? We don't need atomic bombs being dropped on us. And I, I certainly don't want those dropped on other innocent people out there in the world who have nothing to do with the politics of the world, right? And it, it, I think about that a lot. I think about, you know, us as the United States, and, and I'll call us a bully because we are. We're a bully at times to other countries. We try to push our way. And although I am grateful to live in the United States, um, some of you may feel like, well, the old saying, we are the greatest country on earth. I, I don't know if that's completely true anymore. Yes, I have freedom. 
Yes, I have freedom to do this, to be on a podcast and speak my mind and go on YouTube and speak my mind and and uh, free from interruption, free from the government telling me I can't say certain things. But, you know, in all honesty, we are getting to the point where people will try to limit our speech, stop us from saying certain things. Even, you know, it, it's happening today. Now, there's limitations. And there should be to what people can say. And, um, you know, I'm not a big social media fan. I don't have a social media account. I have um, WordPress and YouTube and you guys. That's all I have. I I don't have Twitter. I don't have Facebook. I don't have Instagram. Uh, You know, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're completely bad. But the way people use them today you know, to incite things in people, to get people angry, to pass misinformation, um, and even from from the social media standpoints of what they do to try to get us um, to act a certain way, change our behavior. And um, if you've ever seen the documentary, The Social Dilemma, it was a great eye-opener to me and my family about the dangers of social media. Um, I was a Twitter user. I did use Facebook in the beginning. I did promote my work, like my writing, my podcast, different things like that. Um, I don't know. I've considered just creating an account there just for that reason. But I think there's just too much temptation there for me. Because I think I'll want to go in there again and start looking and speaking with people. And and I, I really don't have the willpower to not go back. I think when I was using it a few years ago, it was very addictive to me. Meaning I was on there all the time, checking my posts, checking who liked me, checking who followed me, checking all the time and it took a great deal of time away from what I was trying to do with my life especially work because I would check it at work all the time and it was a big waste of time you know I was using that all day and uh, during working hours and it was a bigger focus in my life at that point so I had to get rid of it I was also becoming a troll on social media where I was bullying people and, and it was because I was being incited with anger by how people were acting on there and and eventually my my behavior was changing so it it was changing me you know i i tried a couple times i tried oh when was it i tried like 2011 or 12 around there in twitter and then i tried in 2000 i think it was like uh, 18 around there and then i think in 2019 i deleted it you know, so I, I wasn't there very long, but, um, you know, I didn't really even have that many followers anyways, although I appreciate I had a few hundred, that was about it. Um, but, um, but I think about that and, you know, it's amazing that so many people are swayed by social media and they don't realize the dangers of social media, what it's doing to them. Now, I'm very protective of my nine-year-old, who I do not want to be using that. Obviously, when she's an adult or older, she's going to make her own choices. But I will highly encourage her not to use it. Um, But she's going to have to learn on her own. 
obviously. Um, <clears throat> there are certain good aspects to it, I guess you could say, where people can monetize things and make money off of Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and things like that. And, and, and that's great. You know, I, I have a YouTube channel and um, it would be great to make money off of it, you know, just for advertising and reasons like that. And and people do it every day. Uh, some people make millions, right? Um, I don't know if I'll be like that, but <laughs> who knows? I don't think I'm that interesting um, in all honesty. But um, I am building up my own platform. Um, but again, I always like to mention this. This is not for me. This is for my daughter, my family. This is my footprint about who I am, my thoughts, what I go through, and, and sharing the love of the people in my life, like my family, my wife, my daughter, my my father, my sister, my brother-in-law. Um, you know, I, I never want to leave this world, although I shouldn't really think about this where no one knew who I was. Now, all of you out there who are listening, you may or may not care about who I am. I'm nobody. And I I, I say that jokingly. Um, I say that jokingly. Um, but really, I'm nobody to you. I, I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not a politician. I'm not uh, on the news. I'm not in the media. I, I'm nobody. So you listening to me, I appreciate it. Hopefully there'll be a time where people see who I am and they'll pay attention to my words and listen and they'll increase my uh, my volume and how many people listen to me. And that would be great. I, I keep my programs PG. So there's nothing um, in here that would should offend anybody, right? I do use some profanity. Once in a while, but I really don't like to do that here. You know, I'm not really a, a potty mouth, so to speak, right? But anyways, thinking of the Bon Jovi song, It's My Life, right? Um, it is my life, and it's your life out there. And like Bon Jovi says, let, let me just see if I can see the meaning behind the song. Obviously, it's it has a... Pretty direct meaning. But I, I want to see what Bon Jovi actually thought, you know. So it's meaning he's going to live his life as he deems worthy, even when met with opposition, right? Obviously, that's the meaning of the song, right? And, you know, affirming to live his life as the fullest, right? That's what we all should be doing, right? We really should. And I think oftentimes we get pushed into living the life that others want us to live or, we, or the life that we feel others want us to live, like family, like loved ones. If I had truly listened to this message, and I'm not saying that, oh, I should have followed the song or anything. This song's been around a long time. But truly, I mean, you think about Bon Jovi, right? Um, 
I believe he had humble beginnings. I really do believe that. I believe, you know, and there's certain things I've heard about him and read about him is that, you know, in the beginning of his career, I mean, it was very hard to get a record deal. Um, he actually literally went to radio stations for them to play his songs because that's how you got noticed. Um, he didn't have a record deal at first, as far as I know. Um, but he had the will to do those things. And eventually, you know, I will say that he is very talented, don't get me wrong, but a part of the reason he probably got noticed was the way he looks, his physicality. I mean, he's a, 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 a handsome person, a good-looking man in the sense, so I mean, he could have gotten, you know, very far, and he has gotten very far in this life, but he is a talented individual. I, I, I don't want to take that away from people, um, but his looks do have a an appeal to why he got noticed in the first place, right? But um, there are gifts that we all have that we don't realize, that we forget about, that we don't really dig deep into realizing how gifted and how talented we are. And we forget that. And then we move on. And then, you know, I, I believe that life doesn't go the way we hope to. Because we forget not to focus, we focus so much on the negatives, on the failures in our life. And I think it's important that we, although, you know, take pause of those failures, we understand that those failures are meant to, in, to meant to strengthen us, to make us better, to make us stronger, to, uh, their life lessons, right? And um, they're very important that we try to realize that. Um, not all life lessons are meant to hurt us. I don't think life lessons are meant to hurt us in general. Um, but we need to wake up at times and realize the importance of them. Now, you and I will go through a lifetime, hopefully that we live a long life, where we will make mistakes, we will have failures, we will um, make small mistakes, big mistakes, um, personal, career-wise, you know, there's a lot of different mistakes we're going to make, right? And in my opinion, it's all about the mindset of how you get through those moments, right? Oftentimes, you know, if our mindset is where we fail, well, I'm a big failure. I'm stupid. I'm idiotic. Um, I'm worthless. Um, then we're going to believe that. And those are not the things we should be leading. Now, I grew up in a household where I was told that every day I was worthless. I was nothing. And I believed it. And I believed it so much so that in my mid-20s, I attempted to take my life. I didn't have control of my life at that point. I really didn't have control of my life until, uh, it's hard to say, early 30s. So the 20s, my 20s, were a very difficult time in my life, right? They really were. And I struggled immensely. I struggled to discover myself. I discovered to see, to, to discover what field or career I wanted to have, I, uh, personal life. 
I didn't have a personal life. I did try to make friends, but many of those people, if not all of them, rejected me for some reason. They really did. So at the point where I ended my attempted to end my life, I was uh, alone. Yes, I lived at home with my father. That was no help. He was not there for me. He lived his own life. We were like living two strangers in the same house where he would go to his bedroom, sleep, go to work every day, eat. That's it. I would go to my room, watch TV, close the door, you know, be like a shut-in. And um, I, I don't know if I was really happy. There are things that I had in life that would appear that would make anybody happy. Like in 2005, I bought a new Mustang, right? And I loved that car. Loved it. And um, when I had my daughter, I, I traded it in for a, an SUV type car, uh, naturally, because I needed space. Um, but I loved I loved it. And hopefully one day I'll get a, another, you know, sport car. You know, that would be nice, right? But we'll see. <clears throat> we'll see. Um, but it took many years after that attempt to get back on my feet. Uh, a big part of that failure that helped me be successful again or feel successful was meeting my wife. Um, the failure of friendships was still there because the person who introduced me to my wife was a co-worker and I consider her a friend, but she was very manipulative of me and my future wife because she was friends with her first and she would manipulate us. And because I, I, I didn't have any friends really, I didn't really know how to set boundaries for friendships, I let her take advantage. I let her treat us poorly. I didn't stand up for us. I was not the man I am today, truly. It took a lot of difficult times to get where I am today. It really did. And sometimes, you know, we have to go through those difficult moments. Um, until we finally snap out of it and and realize, hey, you know what? This is not working. I can't allow this to happen. And, you know, but it took a lot of hard lessons to get there. So, You know, I truly believe that my eyes were opened this year, not only in my career, but my personal life. It's kind of weird because when I got COVID early in January, I had hardships at my job. Things, for instance, that took place where I had I had a variety of projects I was working on for the company, and um, the person who was filling in for me during my two week vacation away on the holiday season, like 
last two weeks of December, when I came back in January, I got COVID. Part of that reason was, I believe the reason I got COVID is I, 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 me and my family went to Knott's Berry Farm and it was packed that day. It was packed. And normally in the past, it would be very, it wouldn't be like that, but I believe that's where I got COVID. And, uh, you know, and, and after that, what happened is that I had to stay about a, almost a week out because, uh, and then they, and then they gave my projects to my fill-ins and I was made like a secondary, which means I don't really have a role in it too much. It's like the primary, you know, is on point. And, you know, that, that really bothered me. That really bothered me. Um, so, I, re- I started to realize that that I, I was losing control again. That I needed to take control of my career, my personal life. Um, and I've been making strides personally with my health and my weight and my, you know, my fitness and everything like that. Um, I'm gaining muscle every week and I'm, I feel stronger. I think I look better and it's, it's everything that I'm putting into place is, is working. Um, from a professional standpoint, I also work towards in starting in March, I work towards studying for my PMP exam, which is project management certification. And at that point, I studied and I just took my test last week and I passed. So I am now a PMP certified. So I consider that to be, you know, an accomplishment, a milestone, which is I'm very excited about. And then last week I applied for a new position within my company for a project management role. So we'll see what happens. Um, If I don't get that role, I guess it's okay. I just... I'm thankful I still have a job Uh, and things happen for a reason, right? In my opinion, things happen for a reason. So we'll see what happens, you know? We'll see what happens. So I, I, I applied, um, and, um, I'll just wait to hear back and be patient, right? And but there's other aspects that I'm focused on too, um, like my book. I finished editing my book finally, and now I'm going to start really working on my querying to publishers and editors, and hopefully I'll get some nibbles. Um, that I have to be very patient about because, you know, not everybody's going to accept my book. Not everybody's going to accept the way I write. So it's going to take a, a great deal of patience, right, to do that and work. And that's fine. I'm focused on that. And then lastly, um, I'm thinking of considering of going into consulting, not full-time, part-time at least. Um, I'm thinking about that, right? So 
We'll see what happens. From here, um, from here, I'm going to con- focus continuously on my podcast, my blogging, my vlogs, right, and go from there. And I'm thinking about, you know, what our message today is. Sorry, sometimes I get off track because I'm reading something while I'm podcasting. (laughs) I'm sorry. You are all devoted to, I am devoted to you, but sometimes I get sidetracked. But I, I think about, you know, consulting in general, about what that would look like. And being that I, I work in projects, I've worked in marketing somewhat, I've worked in financial institutions, I've worked in a lot of many different areas, you know, um, that I'm focused on, right? So from there, we'll see what happens. Consulting, I probably am considering to start it maybe next year. Just preparing me. But there is a, a like a course I can take. It costs money. I just spent a good chunk on my um, PMP certification, which is like $455. So I'm going to try to pay that off first. I put it on the old credit card. But, um, but I will. Um, and then after that, I'll focus on consulting. And then I'm still going to focus on my book. But I still, I, I need to, you know get resources put together and I've been reading some resources on like writer's digest and I also there's books out there that I want to maybe purchase to help me and in, get into the process and get into the mindset of what it means to publish you know and then go from there and hopefully you guys will hear good things coming up right so well let me play this next song for you I have set up and uh you know, this one is a favorite of mine by Nickelback. Now, I don't know why Nickelback gets such a hard time. People don't, people, they have, they're one of the most successful alternative rock bands there is today. But for whatever reason, people mock them and make fun of them. But they have some really good music, in my opinion. And I've been listening to them since the 2000s. So I think they're fantastic. Listen to the song and let me know what you think, okay?
So if today was your last day, what would you do? Think of that question. I don't think we think of that very often as like, what if today was your last day on earth? What if today you, you were going to die and what would you leave? And I know many of us don't want to think about that. The sad truth is that we never know when we're going to die, right? We never know. Um, we could die tomorrow. We could go driving down the street. We could get hit by a truck and die. We could, you know, um, I know this is a little bit of a side comment, but recently I was watching um, the series The Rookie, which is a, an ABC show. And it's actually a good show. Um, it's a police drama, uh, comedy, you know, whatever you want to call it. And um, there was one episode, you know, where towards the end, but a woman um, gets in some type of car crash and she dies, right? And But right before she dies, John Nolan, which is the rookie, he sits with her for a moment and talks to her and, you know, there's something that went through her and it, it kills her, right? But she goes into talking about her family, about, you know, her son or her kids or whatever, her husband, your last moments, right? And not everybody gets that opportunity. Some people die rapidly. Some people die instantly. Some people die in a car wreck. Some people die in their sleep. Some people get cancer and die. There's all many different ways that death comes knocking, right? Um, but, you know, I was, I was thinking about, I think about death a lot. And not because I'm dying or anything like that, thank goodness. But, um... My aunt, Elizabeth, died, I think, 15 years ago. And um, I think she died of, uh, I think it's called cellitis or cellitosis. Or I forget the exact name of it. Um, but she was in her 40s. And um, throughout her life, she and my mom were, you know, heavily overweight and but she was even more so i guess you could say she was obese she had a big heart she loved me and my sister so i don't want that to be like who she was because that's not who she was i just i felt bad seeing her struggle for many years because she really did try um she did go and try to get help um her and my mom and my sister actually they went to a place called lindora which um just a place to help you get healthy and teach you good eating habits. And I think they even, they would give you some type of shot to help the weight loss. I think it was like B12 or something. I forget what it was, but it worked. It worked. Um, I think even my aunt even paid for my sister to get that type of treatment. They never paid for me to get that kind of treatment. Maybe they felt like I didn't need it, but I felt like I did. I was overweight for as a kid and then into, into adulthood. 
and I struggled with my weight. I I think um, I topped out at 230 pounds at one point. Now I'm only 5'8", and some of you may say, oh, that's not too bad. Well, it really was. I, I just, I wore an XX large and uh, a size 42 or 44 waist or something like that. Um, now I'm like a 32 waist and a medium, right? Um, today, so, and hopefully I stay this way, you know, but I've struggled with my weight, but my aunt struggled with her weight. Um, people would look at her funny when she walked into the mall. Um, she breathed heavily. She would do things with us, take us to the movies, theme parks, restaurants. I mean, she, she was wonderful. It was a big loss when she passed away. Um, what I think caused it was that she got into a car accident and um, she her leg got infected and then it turned into, you know, got sick and then she, that's how she died, right? Because um, of the infection got too bad. But um, it's something I think about because she wasn't probably expecting to die. Uh, many people I think about today who are over heavy, too heavily overweight, don't think that they could die because of their heart. And my opinion is that in our today's culture, I think um, body positivity is very toxic because, you know, there's nothing wrong with loving yourself, right? That's not the problem. The problem is that people are making it acceptable to be overweight and be obese and to say, hey, you know, what's fine. If you love yourself as obese, go for it. But the truth of the matter is it's not that. It's a fact that it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. And I try to be, I try not to sound so judgmental because my wife tells me, Joseph, don't be too hard on people. You don't know what their struggles are, right? And I, I get it. I don't, but I, I can understand what people go through because I was there. Um, growing up, mom, who I loved, she's not with us anymore. She died in 2015. She would cook for me and my sister every day, almost, um, home-cooked meals. I was always the fat kid, right? I was always the fat kid. And I, I always got bullied and picked on and things of that nature. Um, and I wouldn't want that for my own child to go through that hardship. And I look around today and nothing seems to have changed. I think it has gotten worse actually. Because I see kids, especially at my daughter's school, who are probably like, as, as young as maybe seven years old, at least, who are who, who appear very overweight. And I look at the parents, and the parents appear very overweight too. Many look obese. Um, and I, I'm not saying that you should starve your kids, but you got to teach your kids portion control. 
and you got to teach them to exercise and get out there and not be stuck at home. Um, that's something that even though, I mean, we didn't have the technology that we have today. Um, I still got to go outside and play and ride my bike and exercise and things like that. And although, but the problem is when mom would cook, she'd cook delicious food. I would, she'd serve us big portions at times. And then I would go back for seconds, you know, for instance, right? And it was hard because uh, maybe I was just eating too many calories. And school actually had the worst kind of food there. They had things that were high in fat. Like they would, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. The food there in the schools is meant to be nutritional. But it also, some of it has is high in fat because it's easy to make, like pizza, hot dogs, things like that. But I, I don't want to knock the school lunches because there's a lot of kids out there who really don't have food to eat at home. And you would think that that's, that that's unheard of, but it's really in America. There are lots of kids that don't have food to, to eat at home. They depend on the lunch from school, which is pretty heartbreaking when you think about it because they come home and, and we're pretty fortunate because my daughter, if she wants ice cream, it's there. If she wants cookies, it's there. If she wants juice, it's there. If she wants food, it's there, you know, and it's there, right? Um, and And back then in the 80s and 90s, when I was most heavily overweight, um, you know, we still, I, we ate McDonald's, but we didn't eat it every day, right? Maybe on a weekend. But there were certain parts of our diet that were very much consistent. Like um, when we go home and spend time with our father on the weekends, he would buy us pizza and a case of a soda for ourselves, me and my sister whole case and we would drink the whole case ourselves and um, eat candy and junk food and he would just go in his bedroom and go sit down and watch tv and leave us and then for breakfast he would um you know make these bacon and egg sandwiches cooked in bacon grease and that's what we'd eat for breakfast right and uh, so we, we didn't really eat very healthy my father mother don't get me wrong i love them but they didn't teach us healthy eating, I'm sorry to say. And it affected my life. It affected how I grew up. Now, I know I'm not blaming them, but there was a certain point where it's very hard to break those habits once you get into adulthood. And my weight fluctuated in adulthood. Um, because of what I ate, because I didn't exercise as much, and I really did try. You know, a lot of it had to do with stress. I was very stressed out a lot. And when you're stressed, you don't sleep. When you're stressed, you overeat. When you're stressed, you're there's a lot of things that your body does to try to protect itself. And that's one of the reasons weight stayed on to me. I'm not as stressed as I once was. So that's a good thing, right? tried to let that go um but still these are things that um that have affected my life right and 
the thing that I was saying is that body positivity movement, I call it a movement, like singers like Lizzo, and there's, I think there's a, 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 super, a model named Tessa, very obese women. And don't get me wrong, they have money, they can afford trainers, um, and they say they love themselves, but in all honesty, I don't know how anybody could truly love themselves if they are that large. Uh, because they're not, they're not, the, I'm not saying they have to be perfect looking or uh, um, try to be perfect in the eyes of society of what we think they should look like. But it's more about the fact that there is a healthy weight. There is a healthy weight based on your height. And I'm not talking just about BMI, but but just in general, Right. And, um, but some of you out there may say, well, you don't know if they exercise, Joseph. You don't know if they go to the gym every day. Yeah, I, I really don't. I don't know them. But how do I know they go to the gym and they don't eat a, a triple cheeseburger right after, right? And then what? Those calories are gone. Uh, I didn't realize when I got into this weight loss journey, when I started tracking my uh, calories, how much certain things, how how much calories certain things have like Starbucks, right? Now I love Starbucks, but I get like the, um, the almond milk shaken espressos, which I think a grande is like 110 calories, but I will splurge from time to time. I will get a, uh, iced caramel macchiato with soy, um, because I'm lactose intolerant. And I think for a grande, it's about 270 calories, which is not terrible. But I think like a frappe or something like that, for a grande, it's like 480 calories. Some are even as high as 700 calories. And things like shakes and things like that, I, I don't eat those very often. But some people eat them a lot. Now, if you're, I shouldn't say this, but if you're like a freaking twig, like you're like a, a buck fifty or something for a man, or you know you're like a hundred pounds for a woman. Why not? Go ahead, drink it. It's not gonna hurt you. You're thin as it is, right? But for somebody who's already obese and overweight, you should try to limit that, right? But some of those people out there would say, well, well yeah, well, why? Why should I? I'm going to go live my life the way I seem deem fit. If I want to go eat a double cheeseburger with a large fries and a large shake and I weigh 400 pounds, that's me. That's my choice. Okay. That's your choice. And, you know, it's true. You, you're going to make those choices for you. Um, and, but you're going to have to live with them, you know. And that's the things that, that um, you know, that I think about is that those times when I was looking for relationships um, out there, I, I was heavily overweight and um, people didn't look at me, you know, and and I, it, it affected me, and those are things that I, I think about today, you know, um, because I wasn't happy at those points, right? And so 
I really had to, you know, uh, if I was, if somebody was there back then to teach me those good habits, um, maybe I, I would have lived a different life, you know, maybe I would have been more focused on more important things. Maybe I would have been healthier mentally and physically. Um, but these are things that, that I think about, right? Um, today, right? So, but other than that, you know, thinking about your challenges, your milestones, your accomplishments, realizing your gifts, realizing your full potential of what you can become in life, and going for it. And the sky's the limit. And I, I truly believe that although we all have limitations, there's things we just can't do, we have an inability to do or learn because it's too difficult, or we're just, our minds are just not like that. But there are other things that we could do to succeed and do other things that we have to focus on. So let's focus on those things, but really self-reflect on what those things are in our life and where they're going to lead you and really start getting out of that negativity mindset every day, because that's really what's going to get you through it. Now, some of you out there may be very positive and you know you you know the meaning of having that strong positive mindset and what it does for you there's lots of people that don't and hopefully my podcast will allow you to help you in that way i certainly try to expose my students in a good way to think in a positive way to have a good attitude right because these are things that will keep us going and strong mentally and physically at times all right so this is almost about concludes our conversation with Joe Meyer, but let me let me end today. And you know what? Let me um a devotional that I always like to play everybody. Let me pull that out real quick. So we're gonna. It's already June. Can you imagine? So <laughs> June twelfth. So today it's called pointing to him, right? You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. John fifteen sixteen. When Naaman wanted a cure for leprosy, it was his wife's servant girl who suggested he go see the prophet Elijah. Second Kings 5. Because of her proposal, Magman was healed, in turn found salvation. After Jesus preached on the hilltop to 5,000 people, he wanted to feed them, but there were no food. And when the disciples went into the crowd to search for bread to give, up, to, give to the multitude, they found a boy with five loaves and two fish. Jesus used this boy's loaves and fish to perform one of his most famous miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. God places each of us somewhere for a very specific purpose. Although we do not know the names of these two Bible characters, they made a difference in the book of Scripture. Each of us is placed where we are in accordance with God's will. He has a specific purpose for all of his children. All we must do is fulfill it. We are called to live lives that reflect God's character and to point others to him. By doing so, by doing this, we can join the ranks of countless Christian heroes who have come before us. 
right? So thinking about that message, right? You know, so many of you out there may not be a Christian or a believer in Jesus or God, but their messages are true. These devotionals have meaning because they apply to all of our lives, right? So again, thank you for listening to me. As I end our talk today with our, our theme of today, and just wishing you guys and everyone out there just a fantastic weekend, week ahead of you. Be positive. I know you'll all be successful, and thank you for spending your time with me today.